0: Welcome to Heating Up,
1: a podcast about climate change,
0: our dangerous future,
1: and what you can do about it. I'm
0: Corinne. It. I'm Derek. And this is our podcast.
1: Yeah. Corinne, guess what popped up on my newsfeed today on Facebook? So like, you know how Facebook gives yes. you all your memories and stuff? Uh, guess what popped up today? What? It's our two-year anniversary of this podcast. Um, you've
0: been torturing me our for Our first episode years.
1: released two years ago today. I had no recollection, uh-huh. but that's when it did. So... Thank you to all of our listeners who have been putting up with us for two years, all four of you. Appreciate it. Uh, and those that have joined along the way, yeah. all three of you. <laughs> we do appreciate it. We do appreciate you it. You
0: matter a lot more than the people with thousands of
1: fans. It's been... Yeah, exactly. The the amount of attention that you get. So, <laughs> Personalized. Exactly right. Uh, but I mean, it's been a crazy two years when you think about it from the point of view of like climate disaster. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Uh, such an apt time to do this podcast really
0: it's uh, always been really it always
1: has been but i mean it really seems to have come to a head over the last two years mm-hmm. it's uh, been heating f- up huh? with the fires and the floods and the coronavirus and everything just in the last two years i it's feel true. like we we timed this real well and Very it's good. only due to our own complete incompetence that this podcast has not turned into something huge
0: <laughs> yeah that's it our,
1: our complete unwillingness to do any sort of social media or this is where derek begins
0: complaining about me yeah. this is You've that lost segment instagrams
1: account i have no idea how here we in. go
0: here we go go find <laughs> someone else to host with you derek oh wait nobody would that's true yeah
1: yeah we are a little behind also our erratic uh uh schedule of you know posting like one of the first rules of podcasting is that you're supposed to be really consistent with your releases yeah we said we forget it we have not been uh this time it was because i've been a little busy uh and lazy and didn't want to do some editing sounds, but, uh, about <laughs> sounds about accurate okay but i have been busy uh i've been up to uh thacker pass for the protect thacker pass protest a couple of times i'll actually be going back on um, thursday this week
0: he basically lives there now
1: yeah I go up there every couple of weeks bring them some supplies uh, so if you have a chance, they definitely need people to go up there and spend some time. The weather's getting better now. <laughs> it's not quite as uh, snowy and rainy as it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a perfect time to head out into the desert. It's not too hot, not terrible wind. It's
0: good. Do we have a Thacker Pass update as far as what's happening?
1: Right now, they're just the protesters are still on the land, but their plan is to be producing lithium from the mine by this time next year so. Pretty soon, so we'll see what happens, yeah. Okay. Uh, But the more people can go out there and help, the better. So, again, if you have any chance to get out there, promote it here at the top of the podcast, protectthackerpass.org, or find them on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, but uh, I built a a bed for my car, because I've been sleeping in the car, Mm because first off, it's really cold, and there's been snow, and I'm not a snow camper. Nobody is. Like... I had a really bad experience in the Boy Scouts. You threw Uh, up everywhere. Yeah, exactly. We were like 13-year-old kids. They threw 50-pound packs on us. We had to cross-country ski for the first time in my life. I thought
0: this would be fun for anyone?
1: We kept all falling over, and then whenever we got to camp, we had like undercooked macaroni and hot dogs, and... I got food poisoning, so I ended up throwing up all over the inside of the tent, all over the outside of the tent. <laughs> it was a terrible mess, and I swore at that moment that I would never camp in the snow again. And so, I, and, and and it lasted until now, uh, until I've had to go up and help them at the pass. And so, in order to like not have to be outside in that, I've been like car camping, van lifeing. So my uh, my Google search history has been a lot of van life stuff. <laughs> And, uh, it thinks
0: you're a 27 year old
1: <laughs> about to go just explore the open road. Yeah, uh, but no. What I did is uh, I built a like lifted bed, so it's like 10 inches up, so it's over the wheel well in the back of the car, and so it's a little flatter and nicer than what I was sleeping on. So I'm pretty proud of that. Have you so, used it yet? I'll be do using it on Thursday. Okay. So
0: yeah, All right. I do remember when you guys went on that horrible snow. Camping trip with yeah, the Boy Scouts. Was... We went to go pick you up and mom was already telling me the horrors Well, Derek was puking all night long and I was like, Oh god, I'm gonna see throw up. That's how bad I turned it to me that quickly. Oh god, there's gonna be throw up. <laughs> oh, poor Derek.
1: Yeah, so that was uh that's been one I've been up to. Just working on some projects, destroying my garage. Uh it's spring here, or it's starting to be. It's like seventy degrees today. Beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. That means that uh my uh, yeah, sorry.
0: You're behind on gardening already.
1: Yes, I'm already behind. Uh, I was procrastinating, and now it's uh, time to get stuff into the ground, and I didn't haven't done that yet. So,
0: Do you have seeds?
1: Uh, I always have seeds. Always. <laughs> I got leftover seeds. So. Okay. I, I didn't order any new seeds this year, but I got... Cause, well, because I have a bunch of old seeds, and like seeds have an expiration date, but they don't really expire if you store them right. They just right. germinate at a lower level. Mm-hmm. And so my philosophy of just over throwing the seeds out there anyway something'll stick exactly so enough it'll enough will grow um but and, and this year i get to start out with my chicken proofing uh fencing that i have we'll so see. hopefully we'll get a little bit more <laughs> every
0: year we think we've chicken proofed it yeah. so uh, far chickens seven
1: <laughs> not quite. i've gotten i've eaten zucchini out of that
0: who wants zucchini <laughs> nobody it's the loser's uh, vegetable <laughs>
1: that's true What about you, Corinne? What have you been up to? Oh,
0: here, turn it on to me. Nothing, nothing at all. I've been working, and uh, I started planning taking a little trip with a friend of mine to the redwoods in May. And uh, so, as I
1: redwoods, Bay Area redwoods or up north redwoods?
0: Not the trash Bay Area redwoods. No, no, no. The Humboldt, Arcata, Eureka, the good ones. You (laughs) know, the Avenue of the Giants and the.
1: Gonna go see the giant Paul Bunyan statue? Yeah,
0: I mean that's too cool. Of course, of course, you can't not passed by that little number uh but yeah just gonna do a couple hikes try and do some of that so my first time really planning a trip i usually just tag along to whatever derek's planned and complain about what he's done Uh, but i can't really because he just plans it all so he gets to do what he wants yep so
1: all right well uh that's kind of our personal updates i guess i know everyone's super excited about that exciting you ready for the news yeah we don't have a ton of news i guess it uh, do does look short. It, yeah, it's pretty short. Well, that's another page. Here. Okay. We're gonna jump right into the few stories that we have, and then we're gonna get into our prep in segment today. Okay. And uh, oh, the prep segment is gonna be home generators and. A little, we'll get into the side note about that a little later, but first, first the news, Corinne. All right. We're going to start in Indonesia, as monsoon floods have forced thousands to evacuate flooded areas in the capital of Jakarta. Waters have risen over four or five feet in some areas, as rescue workers are working to try and get those stranded in the rising waters to safety. Uh, we should again mention, Indonesia is the country you probably remember that's moving the capital from Jakarta Correct. Uh, to another island, uh, to Borneo, because the city is sinking and it's on the coast. And so this is just another example of, you know, the monsoon flood comes in, plus the rising seas, and it's just overwhelming the in- infrastructure of the capital. Sure. And I think this week, like, well, just this month, really, February this month has really been kind of a month that proves just how incapable even like the first world infrastructure is for handling a lot of the climate change problems. So here in California, we had a bit of a storm early in the month, and it knocked power out in a lot of places. There were some pretty strong winds, but nothing like... Crazy, yeah. Um, but it like took out huge sections of the Coastal 101 or Coastal One Freeway. Mm -hmm. That'll be out for a while, and they you know other sections have been out. Basically, every year, uh, parts of the Highway One just wash into the ocean, and due to sea level rise and the increase of mudslides due to the fires on the slopes and stuff, like it's just like it costs the state millions and millions and millions of dollars to try and just keep this one highway going and in some sections we've actually given up keeping it right on the coast they've actually started to to reroute it inland right uh, for a little less maintenance uh yeah but i mean and then we'll get to what happened in texas and the southwest pretty or the southeast pretty soon but uh you know, Jakarta as well, the floodwaters come through and the infrastructure just can't handle that kind of deluge, especially because the water table has risen because the city is sinking and the sea levels are rising. Right. And you get these kind of triple. Yeah, you just get, you know, five feet of water in areas that is just insane. And again, that's a city that has, like, it's like one of the world's most populous cities. It's like if LA was under five feet of water, people would talk about it, but it's Indonesia, so. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Again, sometimes you get to these stories from from other countries, and like the numbers are staggering, and you, you just wonder can't why it was. not even
0: accept it. <laughs> you
1: wonder why it wasn't a bigger deal in the news, and then you realize, oh right, this is America. America uh, first. Because, like, yeah. The next one here. Meanwhile, more than one million people have been left stranded by the monsoon rains in Nepal. Right? Widespread floods and landslides have killed over 220 people already, uh, just this month uh, from the from the monsoons this year. Uh, rains caused the Brahmaputra river, which flows through Tibet, India, and Bangladesh, to burst its banks in India's Assam state late last month, inundating large swaths of the state, triggering mudslides, and displacing about 3.6 million people. So, over 3.5 million people had to leave, had to be displaced. Like, that's an insane refugee crisis when you think about it. Like, that's whole states. (laughs) <laughs> this country do you think
0: that maybe some of this has to do with the fact that we're so physically remote from these other places
1: i all? think so we're also just really myopic right as right. a country but that's a whole nother issue but
0: like it just it seems like we have such physical distance from them like what that's uh that's like europe's problem we don't even know what's going on over there
1: <laughs> i guess that's what
0: it feels like it feels like that's it seems like a whole other part of the world so we don't even think about it
1: that's true I mean, we got our own problems, too, again, as we'll get to what's happening in Texas later.
0: I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, in the G- Gondok River... Uh, it swept away connecting roads and a newly built multi-million-dollar bridge. Ooh, that so, hurts! Like the bridge again. Talking about infrastructure, the bridge was just built a few months, like really open to the public a few months ago. Ah, and I was like, expect. "Yeah, our new brand new bridge," and then the floods come through, <laughs> just wipe away the whole new bridge. Millions of dollars. That feels like something on The Simpsons. That like hurts. The river, ribbon cutting and then it's yeah. gone. But yeah, not great. Mm. So monsoon rains added again in uh, like half the world. Perfect. All right, and now the ongoing crisis, the snow and the cold and the lack of power and now the lack of water that's Texas on troubles. In Texas and across, you know, the southeast, like Oklahoma, I think Who some of the other earthquake. southern states. Uh, and in the Midwest is really cold as well, but it doesn't have like the winds, I guess. But yeah, it's crazy. And so a little note before we get started, though. Like every now and then we get an, an email or a message from a fan of the podcast Telling us that we're, you know, doing a really good job of like predicting the future, you know, Uh because we don't like
0: doing that. Yeah.
1: Well, like we did our pandemic episode like a month before (laughs) COVID-19 started making news and we've done other ones. Like we did our earthquake prep episode and then like a couple of weeks later there was an earthquake. It seems that way. Obviously, we're not we have no predictive powers. We just kind of look at the inevitability of disasters and then it looks like we're, you know, thinking it through. But in this case... It's kind of funny. Sorry, a few weeks ago, Corinne, you and I sat down to record uh, the prepping segment that we're going to have after this, right? Yes. And the prepping segment is going to be on, you know, buying a home generator. Correct. And we recorded it because I'm looking to purchase one as my next stage in, you know, getting my home prepared. And it feels like something that a lot of people would want. And like, as we've said before, it'd be a really nice thing for people to have. Yeah. What we didn't anticipate was this Disaster going on the next week in Texas as, you know, severe snowstorms and, you know, rain and other things and wind have knocked out power. And so at some point last week, there were still 14 million people, I think, without power. Like, this was like a week after the storms first started hitting the country there. Yeah. And 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 it's not just the lack of power. It's the lack of power and the historic cold front. Right. So it's like, it's one thing to not have power. It's another thing to not have power and be freezing, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, about how you need to be prepared for weather without power. And in Texas, they just don't even think this weather was possible, I think. Right. And so... They're just totally unprepared. So it's a real disaster. And one of the other things that's happening is because these places aren't used to getting these cold fronts, like pipes have burst. Entire cities and stuff are Mm -hmm. now without water. So we're dealing with millions and millions of people that have no access to fresh water. Or their water came from like a well and needed electricity to pump it. right? Right. And so now they can't get the water out of the ground, even if they had the pipes. So there's a couple of big problems going on. And these are still ongoing. Like I said, it's now about two weeks after it started. But there's still millions of people in Texas without power and without electricity. Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to laugh at them, right? I didn't,
0: but yeah, sure. Well, because I mean,
1: I see a lot of kind of terrible posts on the Internet about kind of like schadenfreude liberals talking about how Texas has always, you know, got this... Uh, you know, we stand alone, rough and ready. Well, sort that's what of, we hear you know, about. But... Rugged independence sort of thing. And then just completely shattered as they're begging for FEMA money, uh, you know, because they don't uh, have water. It's not the
0: entirety of Texas, though. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's not.
1: Obviously, these problems fall on the poor and disenfranchised and the, you know, those that are already reeling in the state. I saw uh,
0: somewhere I said, you know, more people in Texas voted for Joe Biden than in New York. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh it's just I mean, I, mean, I mean it's easy also to look at like the cowardly acts of the leadership so. Oh, ted
0: cruz
1: <laughs> exactly ted whatever
0: cruz. gavin newsom went out to lunch i don't like that either like that was a bad look for that yeah. guy but ted cruz <laughs> fleeing to the bahamas <laughs> Mexico,
1: cancun mexico yeah <laughs>
0: oh my and the airline oh we're gonna find out who leaked this well and make him a hero because yeah. this is bad
1: Ted Cruz. Exactly right. Well, and then, like, it was... He he fled with his family, and then, like, his wife's, like, group chat text got leaked or something.
0: Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, because he initially said, well, I was just going you know to protect the kids or something Mm -hmm. and then it turned out like his wife is planning this on you know whatsapp with her friends or whatever yeah yeah it was just not a great story so he had to fly back and then you know do what was like the most staged photo shoot photo op you've ever seen it was like ted cruz recently in the news for having fled all and left all you losers behind yeah is now here serving you barbecue he's (laughs) hoping that
0: like we'll forget about it and and like oh
1: unfortunately he's probably right He's probably right. I
0: don't think so, though, because this is pretty bad. This was
1: terrible. Well, and it's like even Beto O'Rourke, who is like not my favorite person in the world, but like and not currently serving in any capacity no. as a you know as a public servant, was out there like helping people, was out distributing yeah. you know, groceries and going door to door and doing stuff like. So I'll give even Beto-
0: Bethany Frankel of the Real Housewives of New <laughs> York was helping out.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you got to give some people at least a little bit of credit, right? Like Beto was out there at the, you know, at the food bank helping. He doesn't even have a job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Ted Cruz and others fleeing the state and.
0: Well, I'd say a good thing that came out of it was the um, people were starting to really give notice to mutual aid groups. Yeah. I started seeing a lot more stuff about that as it didn't seem like something that was all that well-known or understood. And now after this, people are saying mutual aid groups saving Texas beca- without help of politicians, essentially.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a big story that we've, and we did talk to Jimmy from mutual aid, uh, from uh, the mutual aid network uh, like a year ago now yes. at this point. Yeah, And You know, mutual aid, I think, is having its moment as kind of the obvious alternative when the government's not going to save us. And I think we have saw a rise of a lot of mutual aid groups over the long COVID crisis, right? So local areas helping the residents. And just that building those connections, knowing people have caused, you know, a rise in these groups to, like, pop up even quicker and even more organized in the event of disasters. Because they've already established that basic network, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think we, saw, we did see a lot of that. I mean, we are seeing still a lot of mutual aid groups pop up in, uh, in the wake of the fact that basically the government can't help us. Mm-hmm. One of the other things about Texas that's caused this crisis or that made it worse is the way in which Texas deregulated their power.
0: Right. And then there's all these news stories coming out that it was solar's fault. That was really funny. I saw some of our uh, conservative East Coast family post it, and I was yeah. like, ooh, you don't no, know. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but, well, because it was like the Texas grid isn't connected to the rest of the grid in the West because they basically made a ton of money deregulating uh, the power network, right? And, you know, when the going is good... They can make a ton of money off of it. And they did this and all over the country this is the story of, you know, deregulation and privatization. And, you know, again, I'm sure that it's true for water in the state. I'm sure that, you know, the municipal water districts and stuff have been privatized and deregulated in Texas, just like they have everywhere else. Yeah. But in doing so, those private companies don't have nearly the incentive to keep up maintenance and to keep you know, and to, and to upgrade the systems, right? If they mm-hmm. can keep making the money. And so then we have burst pipes and, you know, failed networks and they're just not ready to deal with it. And because it's not connected to the rest of the state or the rest of the country, it's hard to, like, work around it or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just not a great... You know, I mean, there's a lot of, like, layers to the catastrophe that's going on. I mean, nobody
0: likes PG&E, but it's a lot easier to hold them responsible. <laughs> For
1: sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so mutual aid groups, again, you know, rising up to, you know, help meet these crises in the state. And one of the things that we're also seeing in texas and across this area with the prolonged blackouts is just there's no more generators to get right like every home depot like well after every major disaster every you know home depot and you know Lowe's runs out immediately right of the generator. time
0: for you to try to start buying a generator now exactly huh, Derek? You, <laughs>
1: should, you should have prepped it beforehand is i think the you know again shoulda have, coulda have, woulda have. so unfortunately uh for those that are in the crisis right now this won't help. What we're about to talk about won't help them much because they but won't have access to it. But if you should have done was. But if you're here in California <laughs> or if, you know, in the aftermath or if you're lucky enough not to be dealing in the crisis right now, this is a perfect example of the type of situation in which having a backup generator could be very, very useful uh, just in order to stay safe, stay warm, um, stay hydrated. You know, these things that are really important, right? Yeah. And so I think that, you know, when we get into talking about it, we should just kind of keep that in mind that we're currently experiencing a crisis in which, because of the prolonged nature of it, like a lot of people are like, oh, blackout, 24 hours, I can handle that, but two weeks no in the
0: coldest weather you've ever experienced
1: exactly and that's the other part of it there is yeah it's so cold and it's not like minnesota where they have the gear to deal with Mm -hmm. it like if you're in san antonio or wherever you're just not used to sub-zero temperature you probably don't have we
0: are not of hardy
1: stock yeah you've gotten soft is what it is Mm -hmm. but yeah anyway so we're gonna get into the prepping segment next but yeah just kind of keep that in mind that uh, you know, this is a good prep, especially if you're in if you're in a good place and capable. Again, think about it like this: if Texas is without power, fourteen million people without power right now, it could happen anywhere. It could happen in California. It could. It. it I mean, AT and T is going to be cutting the power to people when fire, you know, and when winds are high, and inevitable the next fire season. It yes. could happen in New York. It could happen anywhere. So, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to keep in mind. I think. All right, Corinne. Now we get into the good stuff.
0: Generators.
1: Generators. Yeah. So it was on my list for, like, uh, New Year's uh, preps for this year is looking into the idea of getting a backup generator for the house of some kind, right? Mm -hmm. And so started to do some research in that. And I realized that this is kind of a next-level prep for a lot of people uh, because it's a really useful thing to have, right? But it is a slightly costly item compared to most of the preps we've talked about already.
0: Yeah, it seems to me like, oh, I'll never own a generator. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what it seems to me.
1: So... A lot of our day-to-day life is really dependent on electricity, right? Yes, so when the power goes out and stays out for long periods of time, you know, a couple of days, a week, a month, it can be really disruptive to the way we run our lives. Uh, so having a backup source of power can be incredibly helpful and even life-saving in some cases, right? Uh, so it's worth thinking about, you know, getting a generator if you might need it, right? Or if, and if it would be convenient. Or if, like, you're in a situation where the power goes out fairly often or you, you worry about it, right? Yeah. And as we get more and more into a dangerous future where we're, we're going to be facing storms that could knock out the power. Like, we lost power at the beginning of the month during that big storm. Uh, it went out two or three times over the course of two days. I know a friend of ours uh, who lives in a suburb here in Sacramento, they didn't have power for, like, 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that. Yeah. This is going to be way more common as time goes on. Yeah, so there are a lot of different types of generators. So we're going to kind of go over what your options are and then kind of, you know, try and figure out what's right for most people, right? Okay. So at the very lowest end of the spectrum are the kind of portable power stations you see. Uh, These are essentially just really large batteries. Yeah. So most of these are a little smaller than a car battery or about the size of a car battery, but... Uh, they are often charged by like solar panels sometimes or you can plug them in to charge them and then they just hold the charge because they're a battery, right? Mm-hmm. These can generally power a small appliance like a little lamp or your electronic devices like charge up your phones or your TV or you know something for a small amount of time.
0: So this might be a good starter generator. Yeah.
1: What's nice about these is they're generally pretty cheap. So they're generally under $500. And if all you want to do is make sure that you have your phone you know, capable and something to cook food with. Yeah, even then, it d- but they don't hold a ton of charge, right? And they can't generate power on their own. They're not really right. generators. They store it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a solar panel in this system, right, you can generally get enough power to keep your phone or your laptop charged, right? Okay. And if that's all you're looking for, that's a pretty good, you know, solution, right? Mm-hmm. And again, and coming in at under five hundred dollars, it's generally something that you could save up for a little bit and get. Yeah. right these usually are not a capable of running anything larger than like i said a small appliance so like you couldn't run your refrigerator mm-hmm. on it or if you had like a sump pump so if you were in the middle of a fl- your basement was flooding and you were trying and the power was out and you needed to get water out of your basement this would not do that job does that make right. sense so oftentimes you're going to need a little more than these and there's like so many of these it's not even really worth getting into like which ones are good i'm sure that there's a million buying guides i know consumer reports has got one but basically it's just a large battery yeah when we talk about actual generators like things that can create their own power you are looking at really two types of systems if you're going to step up from your basic you know battery right which and those batteries are great especially if you go camping a lot or things like that but you often want something that's a little bit more beefier a little bit more power right Mm -hmm. something that could power an actual home or your major appliances or what have you We've got two different kinds of systems. The first system is called a standby system. These are large permanent fixtures, right? So these systems are very costly. They usually cost between like four grand and 10 grand, right? So these are permanent backup systems. These look like, uh, they almost look like an air conditioning unit. Okay. And they literally sit on the ground outside of your home, right? And they have generally a, a standby power source. So usually like, a propane tank buried underground or like a liquid natural gas tank. And these will automatically turn on when the power, it, goes, when out. The power goes out, right? It reminds me
0: like the sort of thing hospitals would have.
1: Exactly right. So, yeah, definitely this is exactly... They will have a even bigger Obviously, system than this. Obviously, yes. Yeah. But like your home system. So, yeah, the power will go out and then five seconds later it kicks on mm-hmm. the backup power, right? So this is a really good system in case of emergencies. These things are really really good at generating power right so they can power pretty much your whole home right or all the needs so you can have this thing hooked up you can run your ac unit through this thing you can run uh you know your garage doors and your oven and you know basically depending on the size you want and how much money you want to spend you can almost feel like you didn't lose power at all with one of these systems right so yeah if you have like a well pump right so like if you're on like a well system and the only way to get water into your house is to pump it up from the well you often might want something like this so that when you lose power, you don't lose water too, right? Yeah. So systems like this are really good. It can also run that electrified fence to stop the zombies and, you know, whatever else, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. A standby system will outperform the portable systems we're going to talk about next pretty much every time.
0: But they're crazy expensive. Yeah,
1: but they're more expensive. Uh, if you So if you live someplace that you get prolonged outages often right this might not be a bad thing
0: could be a good investment
1: especially nowadays with like like cutting off power to homes Mm -hmm. for you know during the summer when there's fire season so as fire season now stretches nine months out of the year here in california (laughs) if you live someplace where at&t is just going to shut your power off for weeks at a time this might be something you could look at yeah right also if you have like a a medical need you mentioned hospitals right Mm -hmm. but if you like have home dialysis or if you live someplace where you have to run a medical machine in your home and you absolutely positively must have power, right? This might be a worthy investment, right? You could also run this to keep your family's cryogenically frozen <laughs> bodies, you know, until, you know, the until science develops a cure, right. right? That sort of thing. So, these are good systems to have, but for most people they're a little impractical, yeah. right? They're a little too much money. For most people to be like yeah that's what i want right so kind of that sweet spot between the home standby system and a basic large battery (laughs) is what we call an actual portable generator okay right Uh, so this is the sort of thing that i'm actually personally looking at and these are the sort of things that you would see like at home depot right Mm -hmm. See, these are commercial appliances you can like i said buy them at your local hardware store usually and the cost for uh, a portable generator Depending on you know size, usually range from a couple hundred bucks. So like a really nice you know cheaper one is like five hundred dollars to about fifteen hundred dollars. So about a thousand five hundred dollars okay. at the upper end. So that's obviously more expensive than a battery, mm-hmm. but doable if you're looking to upgrade your stuff, right? You could save up you yeah six hundred seven hundred dollars and get yourself a pretty decent generator. Yes, right. They do, however, have some downsides. So unlike the standby systems, these things are almost always powered by gasoline. Some of them allow you to use propane or gasoline, but generally speaking, gasoline is going to be more common and easier to So you're to going to want
0: to keep that outside of your These
1: house. are the generators, we'll talk about that, but these are the ones that we always say must be run outside of the home yeah. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But if you're going to be keeping a generator right, you also need to be storing gasoline. Yeah. Right? Um, so there's some storage costs for that. These are not Huge immovable items like standby systems, but they are slightly heavy. Some of them you'll see they come with like a little wheel, like Mm -hmm. two small wheels to help you roll them out. Because again, you don't want them in your home, you need them to be outside of the home. They usually say about 20 feet away from the walls or whatever. But yeah, they're not too heavy to store in your garage and then wheel out when you need. So the portable models also tend to be uh, significantly noisier Mm -hmm. and produce less power than standby models. So a standby model has a hum. Like I said, it's kind of like uh, an AC unit, right? Right. So it sounds about like that too. The portable units are the ones that you hear all the time. They sound like like a chainsaw, like (laughs) decibel level. So they're very noisy. Um, and also they run on, they run the gas and they run out of gas. So like the time that you have to keep, you know, like they will just run the gasoline until the tank is dry right? and then you have to fill it again. So it's like keeping a car on idle, you know, it will run out. You got to keep refilling that tank. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, they also can be hooked up to your home's circuit breaker. So if you wanted it to power like lighting in your home, you would then have to be, you could go outside of the house, like connect it into the circuit breaker units or whatever each time you used it rather than the standby system, which is, like, permanently connected to your Mm -hmm. house, right? And again, nobody really wants to be doing that in the middle of a storm, right? No. The other thing is, because it's a gas-powered thing outside, it needs to be covered, right? Covered, but not enclosed. Covered, but not enclosed. So you don't want it in the house. You need to have, like, free-flowing ventilation. And this is why people always, like, try and run these things in the garage. This is why people die from carbon monoxide because of these generators, because it's inconvenient to run it outside. Yeah. Because especially in the middle of, like, a storm... You don't want to be having this thing outside. You need to have it covered. Looks like
0: your wife is going to get that patio cover.
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) uh, Win-win. Exactly. Yeah. So from 2005 to 2017, more than 900 people died of carbon monoxide poisoning because they used portable generators improperly, according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yeesh. Right? So many newer models, because of this problem, have monoxide detectors like mm-hmm. in, in them and will shut off when they detect. But that's obviously not a foolproof solution. Sure. And you don't want to rely on that. You want to follow the rules and run these things outdoors. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that a lot today. So <laughs> just, just learn that. See, another major inconvenience, like we said, is that the tank size... So depending on the generator you get, you're normally going to find a tank between 6 and 12 gallons of gas, which can run for usually a few hours, right? So gasoline can be scarce in the aftermath of an emergency, so you need to have enough on hand uh, to, store, to run that thing for as long as you want to be prepared to have electricity for, right? Right. So, Storing gasoline comes with its own problems, again, because it creates a smell or whatever, and it uh, evaporates over time, right? So you constantly have to refill your stored gasoline.
0: What the hell are you supposed to store gasoline?
1: In a gas tank? In your, yeah, but
0: like outside? In
1: your garage or your shed or...
0: Yeah, see, yeah, it's dangerous.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So when considering a portable generator, you want to think about how much power you really need to generate, right? Obviously, they come in different wattages, so... Uh, generators are usually listed by how many out what the output is, the maximum output of wattage that the generator will create, right? Yeah. This is something that you want to calculate for yourself. So, you want to be able to basically look at all the appliances that you want to keep running. So, make a list of like what you need, what you'd like, and you know, what is just superfluous, right? So, during a power outage, you may really, really, really want to keep your freezer running. Mm -hmm. but you probably don't need your television. Well. (laughs) Or vice versa, Corinne. I don't know. (laughs) Our priorities (laughs) may be different. Exactly. So different things, you know, or different systems might, uh, you know, require different wattages as well. So like each light bulb, you know, is listed, you know, 60 watts on it or whatever, right? That's the amount of watts it needs continuously to keep running, right? Uh, Some other common kind of like gauges. So it's important to check the actual like you know, if you're running a freezer, it should say the wattage right. on it. But, you know, there's general kind of estimates for the size of things. So, for example, a sump pump, like I said, the thing that's going to pump water out of your basement, which is, you know, a really good reason to have, uh, have a sure. generator, usually runs with about 1,300 watts. Right? Uh, a space heater. Again, if you run out of power in Minnesota in the winter, you, might, need you might want heater. a space heater. That's, you know, 1,800 watts. A refrigerator is usually about 700 watts. But to turn it on requires about two thousand watts. It's got a mm. surge, right? Some things have that, which is important because your, uh, your sorry, your generator has to be able to handle the surge wattage. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, like a central AC is fifteen hundred units uh, or fifteen hundred watts to run, but about four thousand five hundred surge units, right? When you when it first kicks on and pumps that air. Yeah. Um, you know, a coffee maker, a thousand watts, right? Uh, your oven is about 60 watts to start, or sorry, 60 watts to keep running, but 7,000 watts to start. Whoa. Right? So think about like the energy needed to get it hot and then to keep it hot, right? Keeping it hot easier than getting it hot. Sure. So again, these are different things that you might want to run on a generator and you could if you had one that could make those watts. Does that make sense? Yes. Other things you might consider are a microwave or a garage door opener or your home security system, right? These are all things that... A reasonable person might want to have power during an emergency for right yeah uh remember that bigger isn't always better when it comes to these sort of things so choosing a generator that meets your baseline needs uh will cut down on the amount of fuel you need to keep stored year round mm. it'll also generally be a smaller generator so lighter easier to maneuver right yeah uh, which is important so when you make your list of the items you want right think really about what you need think about what you need <laughs> first. think about what you want and then kind of look at it like this right yeah so having something that can run maybe just your one or two appliances or like i said if you're in a place where the weather is more extreme than california like if i lost power in the winter i could just wear a jacket and i'll be fine yeah if i'm in minnesota and i different lose power, story yeah exactly you're gonna want some heat of some kind yeah right so think about what your true needs are i, I guess that's what i would say and you know trying out for a lower you know say maybe i don't need to run that playstation <laughs> it's a tough game it's a tough, it's tough bet yeah yeah or like all the lights in your house you just don't need to maybe run. one exactly lamp. so uh another bit of new technology that you'll see when you're looking for uh generators now is something called an inversion generator these generators get their name from what's called an inverter which uh <laughs> inversion get it got uh, it Uh, But what that does is it switches the current from alternating current, like AC current, to DC current, and then back to AC current.
0: I don't know what I mean. That's gobbledygook. That's, what is that?
1: (laughs) What that means is that it can get a constant flow of power to your appliance, and inversion generators are much more fuel efficient because their engine speed adjusts to your current needs, right? Oh, okay. So, like, if you have a normal, like, traditional power generator... A portable generator. It's just pushing out everything it just, it's got. If it's a ten thousand watt generator, it's gonna run at ten thousand watts, and anything you don't use is just wasted. Yeah. Until it runs out of fuel, right? Right. The inversion generator will, if you're only drawing two thousand watts out of it, it can, you know, only give you two thousand watts. And so save that on and so that it lowers the gasoline, so it's way more fuel efficient, right? Yeah. Um. They are also quieter because of the same thing, right? So instead of always going to the max, they're not, you know, put to the metal or sorry, pedal to the metal. They are, you know, capable of throttling back. And so rather than sounding like a chainsaw outside, they can sound like a conversation, right? They're still making noise, but they're way quieter. So yeah, so a lot of people use these inversion generators uh, for camping. Like So if you're like in an RV or something, because campsites are usually pretty close to one another, so running a, a normal portable generator is a great way for your neighbors to hate you, sure, because it can be very loud. But an inversion generator, you might not notice, uh, depending on how far away the campsites are, right? right? Inversion generators are also usually smaller than uh, a typical portable generator, which makes them easier to maneuver, right? So you can store them a little easier, you can get them to, a, you know, outside or wherever you need them to be. It makes them much easier to transport. So if you're looking for something for, like, car camping, uh, that's another reason why these get used a lot, for, like, hashtag van life people or, like, <laughs> with your RV. I
0: was just ha- daydreaming about wanting to be a van life person.
1: Oh, I, that's one of my... I favorite.
0: don't really... I would want it, like, maybe for a third of the year.
1: So many people are doing it with the, the pandemic, though. Like, anyways. I can't do it. I'm surprised Brent didn't get into that. I know he got into ultralight camping.
0: But he's thinking about buying land and building himself a tiny home. Oh,
1: yeah. But he's thinking about it. Anyways, um, sorry, sidetracked there. (laughs)
0: He did want to do the Van Life Canada trip.
1: Yeah, Uh, but if you're wanting to power a lot of different items, you may still need to go with a normal portable generator because inverter generators tend to just not be able to crank out as much power just on the general. Uh, They're also more expensive than a traditional generator. So I did some like quick Google searching or quick searching on like the Home Depot website. Yeah. So if you wanted to get like a 4,000 watt generator and you were just going your normal portable generator that co- the cheapest one was just under $300 on okay. homedepot.com but the cheapest 4000 watt inverter generator was about $500 okay. and it kind of goes up from there so right. the more watts you want out of an inverter the more the difference is going to be between that and a portable generator of course so it's a, it's a you know it's a nice item to have but it can be more expensive okay in addition to the type wattage and fuel type uh, you might want to consider some other factors. So, some generators have add-on features like automatic starts. Uh, so, again, oftentimes a generator, an old school one, will have like a pull crank, oh like God, a like yeah. a lawnmower. Yeah, I, don't I remember. Most lawnmowers now are push-button. Most but- are
0: like that. Yeah, I remember Dad really getting mad about the push or the pull. Lawnmower. The old pole
1: start lawnmowers, but they can have the same problems with your generator. You don't want to have to sit there and crank it or like a crank. Yeah. A literal crank on it. Yeah. Uh, those can be annoying as hell, especially if you're in the middle of a rainstorm trying to get one started. Uh, just so picturing a push dad's start anger nice. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had mentioned before, but some of them have wheels to mm-hmm. wheel around, especially if you're not working out, Corinne, uh, you might not want to carry uh, a 50 pound <laughs> uh, generator around. You might just want to wheel it like a little, uh, wheelie mm-hmm. Uh, suitcase sure sure sure. yeah some of the more fancier ones have like different uh, like an economy mode like i said like the eco button on your car uh, <laughs> it doesn't
0: do nothing doesn't <laughs> i'm sure i'm certain of it <laughs> so does the sport mode sport mode doesn't do anything either
1: uh some of them nowadays have multiple different outlets as well on them mm-hmm. so you can plug things directly into it rather than like having to go through your uh power box or other things so it can be more convenient that way or you know how many outlets do they have on there so if you wanted to power 10 things and you only have five outlets uh you can also get generator accessories such as weatherproof storage covers so that you can like you don't have to build that can't you don't have to build your covered patio for it you can just put the cover on it right yeah we should go over some of those safety tips we talked about before
0: (gasps) boring nobody wants safety tips yeah everybody be cool
1: Yeah, so we did mention, of course, taking it outside. That's the big one, right? Use your generator outside with the exhaust directed away from the home. This is a big one. So some people like put it outside the door, and then the exhaust is kicking right back in. Mm. That is not a way to do it. I do like the smell of gasoline. It should be (laughs) at least 20 feet away from any occupied building, and again, kicking out, right? Uh, It might seem simple to plug in your generator and just kind of let it run, but it is sometimes best, especially if you don't know your electrician stuff, to hire a professional to install a transfer switch especially if this is something you plan on doing often uh so that you can prevent your generator from putting backfill or backfeed onto the power lines oh uh which can harm you know uh your neighbors or utility workers if they have to go up there and fix it or whatever okay because if the power's out in the area and an electrician goes up there and your generator is putting power into the line or whatever interesting so you might want to Pay attention. So again, have a professional install the transition, you know, switch for you. Keeping it dry. We mentioned this is for you before. You do have to protect it from the weather, right? So it needs to be like up off the mud and also, you know, covered. But
0: mm-hmm. it also
1: has to be open for air to ventilate, right? They do make, you know, weatherproof containers for them. But think through where you're going to have it in your house or where you're going to have it in your yard. Also think about your neighbors. So if you live in like a suburban yard and it has to be 20 feet from your house
0: probably not two feet from the other person's house (laughs) exactly
1: you might not want it right next to your neighbor's house maybe you do maybe Maybe. you hate them Uh, but it's probably a bad idea another thing you might be concerned about is the noise level so where you're going to put it so that it makes the least amount of noise not just to prevent your neighbors from hating you but also in the event that your entire neighborhood is out of power for multiple days it's going to be really easy to tell which house is running a portable generator yeah and you might not want to draw that much attention to yourself Uh, And you also need to give it a break. So sometimes even generators need to take a little bit of a break. Avoid overloading your generator by following the manufacturer directions for load capacity, right? So don't plug too many things into it. And also kind of just turning it off for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that it doesn't run hot. Yeah, so that's kind of it for generators. So what generator are you getting, Derek? Well, I haven't actually gotten that far. Like, the other thing about it, again, because it's... uh, a kind of next level thing it's definitely not something that i would recommend everyone run out and get right away like you should definitely get your water and food set up first first and all of these other things but like a generator you can generally kind of generally generally, generally. uh wait for a sale or whatever okay. like you know when did
0: generators go on sale
1: well, definitely not Tailgate in the immediate times? aftermath of of a of a of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, yeah, of a storm or something, right? Sure,
0: but we're always in trouble here. So, but
1: you can, you know, probably like I would imagine Black Friday sales or whenever Home Depot has a sale on stuff. You can put like maybe a price watch on Amazon or whatever and wait for something right. to drop and you know just kind of stock the deals. Uh, is usually a good idea when purchasing a bigger ticket item like this not to get locked into one specific model from one specific brand mm-hmm. but to have kind of a range and be like i would be happy with any of these five or six or, yeah or of a generator from one of these reputable companies this size so are
0: you getting a second tier inverter one or what are you doing i think
1: i'll probably end up getting an inversion one um just yeah because of the utility because i was thinking we might want to take it camping more often than just having it for home just so mm. we get some use Um, and like I said, they're not that much more expensive, especially since we won't need a ton on it Uh, you know, we won't be trying to power our ac unit or whatever on it So generally they'd be enough to meet our needs But uh, yeah, i'm thinking i'm gonna just kind of stock the prices and wait for one this year I like it as as I continue to save up a little bit for it. So sure Yeah, that's kind of my plan and hopefully that helps anybody else out there that's thinking of something like this as a A pretty decent prep for anyone that kind of owns a home Or, you know, rinse a condo that they live in or something like that where they just want to have some power. Yeah. Like I said, there are those batteries, but if you want something that's just a little bit, you know, bigger and better than that, you're going to have to step it up to the portable generator. So, yeah, I think that's kind of our prep for this week. So, hopefully that was useful. Like I said,
0: maybe some Sacramentans are thinking about the generators after that storm.
1: Yeah, well, after that storm. And I think every year the power, I mean, I can't remember a year the power didn't go out at least once. Usually it's not a big deal, but. As things get more and more chaotic, you know, power is going to go up for longer period. of time. Usually it happens
0: when I'm at work. I'm yeah. pretty lucky.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that's helpful. And, yeah, like I said, there's just a lot of reasons to think about it, especially if you've already kind of got those first level preps ready and you're just yeah. kind of you know, getting into a more chaotic world. It kind of gives you more options, I think, is just kind of the idea of having one. is, Yeah, so okay. generators. Hopefully that helps. Uh, we'll be back in a week or two with something new. Maybe maybe we'll have some interviews. Maybe Derek
0: will delete this.
1: <laughs> maybe this will never make it to the light of day. Again, if you like this, uh, subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Write a review. Reviews help. And, yeah, thanks so much. Talk to you later.